Thank you for joining us for this episode of FEA Today. My name is Matt Costella, Director of the Fundamental Evangelistic Association, headquartered at the Grace Bible Church in Fresno, California. Our hope and prayer is that this brief program will encourage you in the things of the Lord and will direct your attention to God's Word as you seek to make sense of the world in which you find yourself today. As God has called us as believers today to be salt and light in this world, we oftentimes feel as though we just don't fit in. Everybody wants to be liked by others. Everybody wants to fit in to some degree or another. But what if the vast majority of the world is on the wrong track? What if even the vast majority of those who profess to be Christians are on the wrong track? Is it wise for us to follow what everybody else is doing and feel comfortable fitting into the flow? Does God's word say anything about this? We believe that it does. And we want to consider in this episode of FEA Today, God's estimation of popularity or the desire we so often feel to want to fit in. The first thing we have to understand is that God's word teaches us that the truth is narrow and exclusive. We begin here with God's call to lost sinners. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that many choose the broad path to destruction, and very few choose the narrow way which leads to life. Jesus declared, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. When Jesus declared that he is the way, the truth, and the life in John chapter 14, verse 6, and that nobody comes to the Father except through him, Jesus made an exclusive truth claim that the vast majority of people in the world reject. Notice how Jesus responded to the Pharisees who claimed to be spiritual through their good works. In Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 13, Jesus said, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he, that is Jesus, said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Notice that Jesus made a clear dichotomy here between what men esteem and what God esteems. So first we have to understand that Jesus has made it clear in his word, the truth is narrow and exclusive. The second thing we find from scripture is that the whole world lies in wickedness. The Apostle John wrote this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, where he writes, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Certainly this is the majority. You see, this is the flip side of the narrowness and exclusivity of truth. The vast majority of the world, the popular majority, lives for everything and everyone but God. One of the foundational truths for believers to embrace and understand is that the world in which we find ourselves is completely opposed to the truth. 
The popular thing out there lies in stark contrast to the right thing because the God of this world is actively seeking to blind people's minds. Paul reminds us of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. So back in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, the idea here is that the whole world lies under the influence of Satan himself. Remember, Jesus told his disciples that the world would hate them because they are not of this world. John chapter 15 and verses 18 and 19, Jesus told his disciples, If the world hate you, ye know it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. In reality, Jesus says he's the one hated by the world. You see, throughout scriptures, there is a constant thread of the world versus the believer, and the world is always in the majority. This is not to bring division or strife between the believer and the world. This is simply reality, and God wants us to realize that popularity is no friend of his and is no friend of his own. So very obviously from Scripture, we find the truth is narrow and exclusive. We're not going to fit in with the popular flow and belief. And we read the whole world lieth in wickedness, certainly the vast majority. The third thing we want to consider is that many shall follow false teachers in the church. So now we move from the world to the professing church, the vast majority of those who claim to be Christians today. Even within the vast majority of professing Christians, We find from scripture that false doctrine will permeate the church through the words and actions of false teachers, and many within the professing church will follow them. 2 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2 tells us, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who shall privately bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And notice verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. The word pernicious means destructive, their destructive ways. By reason of whom the way of truth, remember that narrow way, shall be evil spoken of. You see, even in the first century, many churches we're already allowing false teachers and embracing false doctrine. This is why we have so many of the New Testament epistles written and even Christ's letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. The apostle John warned the church against false teaching, noting in 2 John verse 7, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Again, the many, the vast majority versus the few. Not only does the Bible say that many will follow false teachers in the church, but this is even insinuated by the emphasis that the New Testament places on false teaching. When we actually look at what is being taught and practiced in the vast majority of churches today, we should be genuinely concerned for our own spiritual well-being, and for the spiritual well-being of others. Yet, this influx and this embracing of false teaching by the majority is no surprise to God. For he is the one who places so much emphasis in the New Testament on false teaching and our need to deal with it biblically. In fact, notice 2 Timothy chapter 4, and in the first four verses, we read, I charge thee therefore before God, 
and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Notice particularly these pronouns, they. There in verse three, it certainly sounds like a general majority, not just a select few are going to be embracing false teaching and and embracing the idea that they want to heap to themselves. They want to bring to themselves and surround themselves with teachers, false teachers who tell the people what they want to hear. So we've seen very clearly from God's word, first of all, that truth is narrow and exclusive. When we believe the truth, we just won't fit in with the broad flow. We've seen from scripture that the whole world lieth in wickedness. It's under the influence of the little G God of this world, Satan, who is seeking to blind the minds of those who believe not and is attempting to shipwreck the faith and and the influence and the works of those who believe truly believe in Jesus Christ. We've also seen that many are going to follow the false teachers in the church. This is what the epistles deal with, and, and Paul specifically mentions to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, many are going to follow false teachers. Many are going to embrace their destructive ways. Finally, we find from Scripture that God hates numbers and popularity. I know this sounds harsh, but Scripture really does bear this out. Why is this so? Because God knows that in the eyes of men, Numbers equate power, prestige, and glory to man, not to God. Numbers are not the measure of success according to God, and yet so often in the eyes of men, numbers are the measure of success. We usually we equate numbers with popularity. The more people engage in a belief or activity, the more popular it is in the eyes of men. Yet consider several references that point out to us God's estimation of numbers and popularity. In Judges chapter 7 and verse 2, the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. If we go over to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and we begin reading at verse 11, we see a warning here that God gives his people. And the warning is that great numbers and wealth and popularity can cause one to forget God. God says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We could even go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse verse 26, where we find that God chooses and uses the unpopular. And the main point here is that his approach is completely opposite of man's view and estimation of what is popular and acceptable. 
We read in 1 Corinthians 1.26, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, that is, despised by the world, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But Paul writes, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We need to understand why God has a problem with numbers and popularity according to the measuring stick of men. So what can we conclude from this? Two things in closing. Number one, as a general rule, if a belief or program or philosophy is highly popular and accepted by either the world or even the majority of those in the professing church, warning flags should usually arise. Usually if something is popular and accepted by the world and by the church, it's not something that coincides with being faithful to God. I'm not saying that everything that's big is wicked. I'm simply saying warning flags should arise because of the principles that we've been considering from the word of God. The second thing to conclude is that discernment is absolutely necessary in the Christian life. We as believers need to take the time to compare what is popular today, what is acceptable today with what is truly honoring to God. If we are fitting in to whatever the vast majority are believing or practicing, whether in the world or even sadly to say in the professing church, then it's possible that something is wrong. God has called us to be salt and to be light. He has called us to think differently because we are different. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We are in Christ. We are part of the body of Christ, the church. And therefore, we must go to the Lord and to his word to measure everything out there in the world and everything in the church according to it to see what it is that we should embrace and what it is we should reject. Something to think about. I thank you so much for joining us for this episode of FEA Today. And until the next time, may the Lord continue to bless you.